welcome back, everyone, to the Progressive Patriots. Uh, it's just going to be me once again. Uh, holidays coming up, you know how it goes. So today, it is December 18th. It is just after 1930, Arizona time. So, you know, the old thing, like, you don't, we, who knows what will have happened by the time this reaches your ears. Um, actually, one really breaking note, um, I want to say maybe 30 minutes ago, there was a 6.2 magnitude earthquake in uh, western China in the province. The province is known as Gansu. Uh, not a lot of news about it otherwise. Uh, man, like, holy shit. It's like... Uh, <laughs> Minus 14 degrees Celsius or just under 7 degrees Fahrenheit when the thing, when the earthquake hit. So, uh, holy fuck. Um, only reports right now are about, uh, like, water lines, electricity, power lines, roads, uh, rails, and uh, other telecommunications equipment are damaged. But, like, that's all I got. So, let's get right into the news here. Um, I'm going to start with one in Korea, on the Korean Peninsula. So, earlier today, the USS Carl Vinson, an aircraft carrier, and the USS Missouri, a nuclear-powered submarine, arrived in, I think the port is uh, Busan, and the very friendly neighbors to the north referred to the, they called this war moves <laughs> not uh, alright um, so in response to that they launched a an intercontinental ballistic missile commonly called ICBM um, the the missile that they launched it was called Hwasong number 18 uh, and they called this a uh a demonstration of their nuclear readiness. Their exact phrase is being the, their toughest counteraction and their overwhelming strength. Uh, just those are two little snips. Uh, the launch, the, uh, like the state news, like I think the only news that they get, uh, it, they called this, um, a clear signal to the hostile forces who have fanned up their reckless military confrontation hysteria against us, essentially. Um, I think uh, the who they're, you know, trying to, who they're uh, saber rattling is a phrase that everybody fucking uses for the for the Korean Peninsula situation. But the, in this case, the intended audience of the saber rattling specifically was us uh, that is the United States there is based on its how where it was launched its trajectory how long it was in flight which was 74 minutes the estimated range of that missile if the conditions were ideal would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 9300 to 9500 miles uh, that puts it, you know, like smack in the middle of the U.S. If if they so wanted, not the best, you know, not 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 the most wonderful news to start the week with. But one thing I can personally attest to: I was uh, stationed in Korea for two years. I can say that any time they the U.S. does anything. It doesn't matter what. They call it an act of aggression and, like, the Americans are trying to instigate war with their, like, war games or whatever whatever they want to call it. Um, like, a humanitarian aid ship that's, like, a, a military-marked vessel could arrive and they would call it a war move or something. Um, it's one of those situations uh, I like to use... Just in my day job, I encounter this a lot where people freak out about stuff. 
I mean, rightfully so. You know, things shouldn't be uh, going haywire at any point. They should be operating as they should, right? But the thing is, like, there there's levels to it, which to me that's the that's the uh, perception I have of these of these sorts of situations is what's like what's the severity what what's the impact what is the magnitude the significance of this particular problem um and there are types of people who call everything like a my fucking dick's fallen off emergency like the uh, running around with chick like chicken running around with the head cut off uh just completely hysterical over fucking nothing uh <laughs> And this, it, I don't expect that North Korea does this to try to lull us into a sense of complacency. I really don't think that they have that level of, of sophistication of thought behind their actions. But, I mean, if somebody like a, a uniformed person flies to Korea and you call that... And like an, oh, a war move of unprecedented, uh, unprecedented level of provo provocation. Like, if everything's an emergency, nothing is an emergency. Uh, I, like, seriously, calm the fuck down. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I think it might be a little bit of that um, Napoleon syndrome. It's unfortunate that the uh, Korean people have to pay the price for a leader's insecurities but whatever um this is not the first time they've launched a missile uh i don't know how many it's been now and they've all been some kind of like demonstration of our ability to strike back okay we got it <laughs> how about you uh don't launch this one and the money you would use to build another one why don't you like get people food because I think that's I think that's what they need <sighs> the gene pool of North Korea has been altered it, like significantly altered because of the separation that North Korea puts upon itself from the rest of the world um, I think South Koreans are somewhere like three to five inches taller on average, men and women. It's fucking wild. Uh, I know that at the DMZ, the South Korean military, they put, they post up, like their guards that they post up are fucking like beefcakes. You know what I mean? Like they're like si at least six feet tall. They're fucking jacked. And so it's like, that's our, that our, that's their, I want to say miniature or like a subtle show of force is like dog like you guys didn't even have dinner yesterday not because you didn't want to and like old homeboy over here has a protein shake with more caloric value than everything you eat in a week so you sure you want to go down that road that's what it looks like to me uh, <laughs> I just thought that was funny uh, all right, out of Korea, and we are in, uh, this one is, it's still in Asia, it pertains to China and Vietnam, uh, this was in, this one was, I thought, when I first saw the headline, I was, I'm gonna admit, I was a little bit taken aback, like, oh, fuck me, like, this, that's not good, but. Uh, I'll re I'll, you'll see why I'm not as alarmed as I get through this. But So three months ago, Joe Biden went to visit uh, Vietnam, one of those, you know, build, uh, building partnerships, cooperation, friendship, whatever, diplomatic ties. Last week, uh, Xi Jinping, pre the eternal president of China, he concluded his visit to uh Vietnam. So the official statements that have come out of that visit are uh, notedly in, uh, increased cooperation, uh, just in general, but notedly in the matter in matters of defense and security. Uh, the defense cooperation is 
logistics, supply chain, and uh, intelligence sharing. I, this this is um, a key a key one that I'll be getting I'll be talking more on later in just a second. But so the when Biden visited three months ago. By all accounts, it was a really successful, fruitful trip. Um, we, we, the U.S., secured commitments from Vietnam to offer cooperation on health, like uh, healthcare, uh, advancing healthcare technologies, education, and advancing technology in education, and just other sectors of trade in general. Um, so. A spokesperson for the embassy, not the ambassador, but the embassy spokes, whatever. Uh, our relationship with Vietnam is not about any third country. So it, despite how this might look on the surface, it does not seem that anybody's really concerned, overly concerned anyway. Um, there... Well, Right. So the intelligence part, um, that was what had initially worried me, like sh intelligence sharing between the two, because uh, China's like, there's no, it's no secret. They're a bit of an adversary. Uh, but here the so the professor of Southeast Asian politics at the National War College, which if you uh if you know, you know what it is. So there you go. Um, so he said, Zachary Abusa is his name. Uh, the emphasis on hostile forces, in quotations, uh, is not a surprise. China's leaders always whisper this in Vietnam's leaders' ears. But don't overstate the bilateral cooperation between them on this. They won't be sharing intel. Uh, so you you might think... Well, well, like, yes, maybe you, you study them, but, like, what the fuck do you actually know about them as people? Because they try to... I expect what he means, like, the emphasis of hostile forces is, um, like, Western attempts to subvert their own... Uh, their independence and their... their whatever system of government they would like to have based on the will of their own people. Which, I mean, uh, historically, we kind of can't argue there, but... Uh, yeah, so then, so like, with that in mind, the, this next one is from Raymond Powell. He was a former... He was formerly an attaché to the U.S. Embassy in Vietnam. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, like, air attaché. I don't exactly know what that means to be honest with you, but I'm going to assume that it's important. Uh, regardless, he, he is now currently uh, a, he works, he's a faculty at Stanford and he's the head of the Project Miyoshu. Uh, it's uh, studying the South China Sea, like the, the political landscape around that. Um, so he, he had this to say, there is always a distinction between Vietnam's diplomatic pronunciations and its actual security concerns. Hanoi will continue to look for the safe ground between placating Beijing's political expectations and the threat China poses, particularly to its South China Sea position. So between those two, I'm like, uh, I deferring to the experts a little bit here. Um, they've been studying this for quite some time so they probably have a good idea of what they're talking about and I mean we can continue to observe the situation from the outside just as much as they can uh, but um, I think the suggestion that they're making here and is probably why nobody's really concerned about this is because well they, they know what China's up to and despite all the uh, the sweet as honey, <laughs> despite all the sweet words that they exchange, um, actions speak louder than words. And in recent years, uh, in recent history, 
We have continued to be a consistently good partner with the Vietnamese, while the Chinese have been, it seems like they're the ones trying to, trying to do the subverting now. So uh, at the very least, they're doing that in, uh, the, in the oceans with you know, like commercial fishing and all that. So that has been a problem for quite a long time. And uh, China's getting more brazen about just laying claim to the whole thing for no fucking reason. So what are you going to do there? Uh, let's move on here. We are in Ukraine. This one's kind of quick. But um, a few months ago, a month ago, not a few, but uh, the chief of staff for the army, uh, General Valery Zalushnil, I think I got that right. Uh, he made a comment. I think it was like kind of in a side that ended up getting picked up by the media. From what I can gather, that's that's how this went down. But he made a comment that the front line was starting to become a stalemate. It was moving into that sort of war of attrition kind of thing, kind of kind of situation. And uh, pretty soon after that. Uh, the president of Vladimir Zelensky, he denied it. Like, that, no, that's not the case. Uh, so the general today in uh, well, pr uh, some kind of um, official statement, when asked, he uh, pointedly said that no, not a stalemate. But it, uh, as in another one, I think uh, a senior army official speaking on condition of anonymity said that troops at the front line are facing pretty uh, harsh shortages in supplies uh, so that they're having to scale back offensive operations. Uh, this is one of those situations. This is a, like a... I want to say it was the first episode we ever did for Worldwide where Tasha pointed out like this situation the this is uh, like this is a precursor to what could be a lot more situations like this, but they will be much more violent. Uh, in particular, we talked about uh, China taking Taiwan, and so yeah, like if we stop helping Ukraine, like we don't have to go and actually do anything ourselves, but man like if we don't help them like russia's going to take it back and i say take it back meaning taking it back to the soviet union when they had when they owned it <sighs> um as far as i know which i will look into more for the domestic episode that i'll be doing tomorrow but as far as i know the wait congress fucking dipped out for the holidays fucking cocksuckers god Damn it. Uh, fuck. Because I was about to say, I know last I heard Congress was withholding aid to Ukraine. On It was conditional that there needed to be improved security at the U.S. border with Mexico. I mean, given what the situation is, like I, I find myself day by day. A, a disagreeing less like d dog something needs to be done here um uh, like the whole uh razor wire and death buoys th that texas had set up like no fuck no that's i would prefer to do nothing than to do that but we can't not do anything about this so i'm i'm gonna I'm going to try to play my, put on my little radical centrist fucking hat and say like, dude, you, this is a time we need to compromise. And I'm going to be like, I, I need to, I can, I, I'm finding myself not able to disagree any, like not nearly as much just at, as the situation continues to worsen. The, yes, these are people being a human being is not that their human beings are not illegal in and of themselves. I don't. I don't believe that one bit. But at the same time, like th things as they are, cannot continue. 
And if we want to help, I want to help Ukraine very much because I don't, I understand the greater, uh, the grander scheme of things if we don't. But at the same time, like, we do have to do something for ourselves as well. Because, um, I mean, like, it's not like Mexico is going to invade or anything. That would be stupid. Because, you know, like, we're, we're pretty, pretty good buddies. Uh, <laughs> considering we're neighbors. But, I don't know. That sort of... That could be a weakness exploited by someone else. You know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily that Mexico is going to do anything wrong. I don't think that the people who are migrating here from really poor, desperate situations, I don't think they're here to do anything wrong. Um, not at all. Not even a little bit. Um, but at the same time, like... Uh, I don't want to use the, I don't want to use like a farm animals as an analogy, but bad actors can hide among people who are f fleeing desperate situations for a better life, who should have access to a better life, who should be able to, I don't know, go through a legal process by which they can enter. Because right now we don't have that just the same as we don't have like physical barriers that Republicans want but I'm way off way off here uh, Ukraine aid is being held up based on border security concerns um, I don't know that that really sounds like a win-win to me it does uh, Biden it does not get favorable uh, reviews or polling I guess <laughs> <laughs> presidents on Yelp. <laughs> yeah, Biden does not score well in polling on how he handles the border. So, like, bro, this is a fucking slam dunk for you. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. They're, uh, Congress is out for, like, three weeks or whatever the fuck. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, let us move along. All right, let's get into the situation in Palace. Oh, no, 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 no. Since we were just talking about Ukraine, let's talk about Russia and what is going on in other parts of Eastern Europe. So, today, earlier today, the defense ministers of Germany and Lithuania signed a pretty historic agreement, and you'll see why in a second. Uh, but defense ministers uh, Boris Pistorius and the Lithuanian man, I'm gonna fuck this up, I know I am, uh, Arvidas Anusauskas. I'm just gonna call him Arvidas. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, so a... It, the There is going to be a brigade of soldiers in numbering at about 5,000, somewhere in that neighborhood. I think it's just under. But they're, it's a German brigade that's going to be stationed in Lithuania at the Russian border, uh, where they will be joining a, a, a contingent of 1,000 German troops already. But this is the, the historic part of this is that this is the first deployment of German troops since World War II. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so the, the plans, the brigade is, is to be combat ready by 2027, no later than. Uh, so it's that's like a pretty fucking aggressive timetable for like 5,000 people to build a garrison for 5,000 troops and their families and all of the logistical people, support people that are coming along with them. That's a lot. Um uh, the promise from uh, Mr. Pistorius was that the troops who are, you know, forward deployed to Lithuania, they will have, like, the families of, their, of those troops will be, they will have, like, in the area that they're at is going to be German-centric. Um, I, I would liken this for American, American military people 
veterans or active duty, whatever, if you've been stationed overseas, you know that the place is right off base, just right off the post, right outside the gates. Those places, the people, like the waiters, waitresses, bartenders, people at restaurants that work at the stores, typically speak pretty fucking good English. Uh, that's kind of the fucking point. So I this is what's going to be happening in Lithuania. Um, the They will have, the term they use was German-centric accommodations. That is to say that like they'll have uh, schools like for their kids where the teachers are native German speakers. Uh, um, the shops and everything, like it's going to be like a little mini German town in Lithuania. You know what I mean? Uh, so why this is happening? Obviously, like I said, Russia, no shit. Uh, but the Lithuanian military, all personnel considered, every single person, both that joined of their own accord, I think they use the term professional, and then uh, conscripts as well. They only have 16,000 personnel. This includes like their fucking Air Force, their Navy, all the rest of it. That's all they got. Right now, there's already a, a, somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand German troops. How many of those are like in the infantry? I'm not sure. I didn't, they didn't give that breakdown. But so uh, the 5,000 that will be there, they're leaving soon. It's just a matter of the um, the accommodations being built up as things as it as time goes on, the timetable progresses. So the one thousand will be folded into the new brigade, and uh, yeah, that'll be. Whew. <laughs> the uh, Mr. Arvidas, the Lithuanian defense minister, his uh, little blurb. The little blurb that I picked up was. Um, we must be ready. Russia remains the main threat to us and to NATO. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you'll love to see it. That was something that I know Trump made his, like his supporters who are typically super pro-military all the time about everything, like no questions asked. Uh, he, he had talked about withdrawing from NATO because why no he he said pay your bills um that was the phrase that he used to simplify the situation of the bulk of uh nato members don't like they're supposed to have incremental uh increases in their defense spending and the idea is that they that like their social safety net the strength of their social safety net is predicated in large part for not needing to spend on defense because the US is stationed in Europe uh, as much as that might be true at the same time it's like dude you need to do this for yourself too we can't just do it all for you um Germany, I know, does they did commit a lot to developing their self-defense force, uh, which is now like a, an actual military, apparently. Uh, so there's that. They've been doing that. I know the French have a pretty solid Navy and uh, Air Force as well. The Brits are fucking great. But, you know, there's... Some of these smaller places, like you, you could do more. You could be doing more, and it's not just for the sake of easement on us. It's for the sake of defense for yourselves. Like if you had been, so Lithuania is going to be committing the amount of money is roughly 0.3 percent of their GDP. But you know, when you're when you're a small country, like that's a lot. So. But they're, like they're on board with this, the the chair, 
of the Parliamentary National Security and Defense Committee, the the chair uh, Lorinus Kaskiunas. Pretty sure I got that. Little blurb here. All political parties, left to right, agree that this is a priority. We will find the resources needed. Uh, that was uh, in response to the possibility of having to raise taxes to, to pay for this. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, if you guys had done this shit... Oh, my God. Am I about to say it? Like, when Trump fucking told you to. Which, um, he wasn't the first one to say it, so don't... But, man, like, that was a really highlighted moment where you could have started doing something about this. And you wouldn't be... Like, this is a really accelerated timeline. Three years to build up a garrison for to house 6,000 troops and their families. Like, that's, that's, that's a lot. I, I don't doubt that you can do it. It's just you could have done this sooner. But it's all right. At least you're doing it now. You know what I mean? That better, better now than trying to build up after, after they fucking invade. So, which is not possible, but, uh, but yeah, that, those are, them's, them's the breaks in NATO, our NATO allies. Uh, I fully support moving some of our, some of our troops from their fucking cozy little hovels and wherever the fuck, but move them to Lithuania, to, to somewhere that needs it. Uh, all right, another European thing, real quick. Uh, this one is not like security, defense, war-related. Surprise, I know. In this news comes from the Vatican. How fun! The Pope. Uh, I'm quote unquote like very heavy quotes here. The Pope is allowing same-sex marriage to and so here's the uh here are the details on that because it's not a full uh i don't know they're they're not offering the full sacrament of marriage which is the the ritual the name of the ritual that they have for marriages so they don't get the sacrament the same-sex couples don't but the uh, the office of the, the like the official interpretations of doctrine this kind of a Supreme Court I said kind of you know like that's what they do is interpret the official word uh, they said that priests can administer blessings uh, that are not part of regular church proceedings um, there was there is a little bit here from Father James Martin. He's a Jesuit priest who does a lot of advocacy work for LGBT people as it pertains to being Catholic. So he's a big advocate for them. So that's, you know, that's really nice. But here's what he had to say. Uh, this is a major step in the church's ministry. It recognizes the deep desire in many Catholic same-sex couples for God's presence in their loving relationships. I, along with many priests, uh, will now be delighted to bless my friends in same-sex unions. So that's really nice. Uh, okay, so I copied and pasted this like straight, so we're going to suss out the legalese here together. All right, the document whose Latin title is Fiducia Supplicans, uh, Supplicating Trust is the uh, translation there, uh, said that the form of the blessing, quote, should not be fixed ritually by ecclesial authorities to avoid producing confusion with the blessing proper to the sacrament of marriage, end quote. Uh, Right, so it's just not part of the regular proceedings. Uh, the for continuing, uh, its application is for those who quote do not claim a legitimation of their own status 
but who beg that all that is true, good, and humanity, uh, and humanly valid in their lives and their relationships be enriched, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, yeah, there you have it. That is the Catholic Church. You know, uh, I w- as I was reading that, I was thinking about it. The um, There's an episode of South Park where they have the egg and um, the at the then at that moment it was Mrs. Garrison tries to have a, sam- a same-sex couple, uh, both male and female, and that that was going that little experiment that they did on taking care of an egg was going to be the that's the decision point that the governor of Colorado was going to base his uh, same-sex marriage decision on. And at one point, he's trying to appease the crowd by by saying, like, you know, instead of man and wife, you could just be butt buddies. <laughs> and he just said that, like, repeated that uh, phrase in um, different ways a couple of different times. And naturally, the LGBT crowd was not having it because like why like the civil unions is that's the joke that they were getting at like what what's um the fuck is this um like if we want to be married and if a church wants to will you know do the thing for us then why the fuck not it's ridiculous uh this to me feels like it's starting it's edging into that territory where it's just like the a priest can like bless your marriage uh, it, it's a start it's a start uh it's yeah it's a start that's all i'm just gonna rather than try to dig into this and try to piece it apart just it's a start um hopefully i i i hope for my lgbt brethren sisterin other and Man, I hope you get, if you're Catholic, I hope you get what you are looking for. Okay, now on to Israel-Palestine. So one thing, there's not, I didn't look, I'm going to be honest, I didn't look at the combat reports, because it's... It's becoming too much. It, it hurts reading that all the time. Um, one interesting thing, though, earlier today, the Prime Minister of the UK, Rishi Sunak, he's a Tory. Uh, that's what we would know as Republicans, conservative types. So typically, it is the position of the West that we support Israel pretty much carte blanche and it's really stupid but not that supporting Israel stupid it's not it's the carte blanche like just okay whatever you want we'll do that whatever you do is awesome doesn't matter what it is you're awesome and it's not that doesn't jive with me but here we go Uh, so in a statement regarding the situation in Gaza um Mr. Sunak pointed out that too many civilians have been killed, and he was calling for a sustainable ceasefire, is the uh, phrase that he used, in order to allow proper hostage negotiation and release. Uh, He also restated that Israel does have the right to defend itself, like fucking duh, Um, but it must do that in accordance with humanitarian law. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one. Um, the sustainable ceasefire, it sounds, it's the same thing I pointed out previously that I heard, uh, uh, Mrs. Tlaib say at that event I was at where she said, okay, ceasefire. And then what? 
once you get what you want, you're just gonna start bombing again? Is that what's gonna happen? And I'm still on board with that. Uh, sustainable ceasefire, it sounds like the pivot that Western leaders are use, are making before they get, so that they can avoid saying ceasefire, but they can say, you know, it's just a, like a sustainable ceasefire, just like a, a temporary humanitarian pause, like a sustainable pause, like sustainable ceasefire. Shut the fuck up. Like, uh, Sunak said in, uh, a, I don't have the exact words, but that essentially expecting the for there to be like a, some kind of ceasefire it, let's say the one that happened re re previously like a temporary one like that for that to expecting that to become permanent somehow is uh, foolish or like something like that it's like you know it's not reason not reasonable or possible so there I don't know I don't know I I'm glad to hear that Western leaders are starting to say openly that they're unhappy with what is going on, that they are, they are, I, like Biden specifically said that he, how did he put it? Like something about like the way that Israel is conducting itself, it's losing support on the global stage. And, like, I mean, yeah, no fucking kidding. That's what we've been saying the whole fucking time. No, no, anybody who has any sort of idea of kicking the Israelis out on their asses, like, you're a fucking idiot. All right. But similarly, though, if you have this idea of kicking the Palestinians out, you are also a fucking idiot. Both of these people have a legitimate claim to live there and uh, the only really the only reason that Israel has been able to successfully take as much land as it has is because we prop them up but whatever that's not that in particular is neither here nor there right now what our concern should be is the safety of non-combatants uh, I would like for there to be some concern and care shown for their for the infrastructure in Gaza, the very little that they do have. I mean, if you were to pick up just a, like I don't know, like The Sims, you pick up every single person and you take them out of the Gaza Strip, and then let's just hypothetical, totally non-realistic scenario, then Israel resumes bombing them, bombing the place, trying to hit Hamas, which we did not pick out because we only picked out the, the civilians. I don't know if I specified that, but we picked, so they start bombing again and they fucking destroy everything and yay, Hamas is all dead. Uh, but okay, you can go home now. Uh, go home to what? Rubble? Uh, I said uh, sometime in the last release, uh, and I'll, I'm going to say it again, that violence is not going to solve this. It won't. Uh, this is... It's kind of weird, because it's, it's... It's like a counterinsurgency in your own home. You know? Because, like, Palestine... Parts that are Israel were Palestine. The parts that are Palestine should be also part of Israel. Like they should, I say it all the time, they should be, there's no reason that they can't live together uh, peacefully. There's no reason. Um, I think you know, like solving this with violence is an insurgency in your own home where you can kill a thousand Hamas people, Hamas fighters, which good, good fucking riddance. Just for every every collateral damage killed killed civilian that you have, you are creating more of the problem. 
Violence is not going to solve this. I stand by that. Uh, I've seen, been in, involved in uh, counterinsurgency. It, it, it's, it doesn't, it, no, you can, <laughs> there's really no, it's a fucking endless thing. I think there was a, what well, was a, the, there was a comic from someone like at the beginning of the global war on terror where it was like an infinity sign of the symbol and then just uh just a spot on it that said you are here and on the bottom says the war on terror like that's that's what you're looking at with counterinsurgency it's it's not going to you might quell the violence in the short term but like i said you are creating the violent actors of the future it's it's an inevitability war's a nasty business obviously you and you all most of you are just witnessing it from the outside being in it and losing people you love in it is not good i know that's a really stupid way of saying it but just <laughs> fuck man it's not good you're it's just doing the exact opposite of what you want what the outcome you want you're doing the exact opposite oh uh something over the weekend uh where, where are they um lebanon i think is that yeah that's where hezbollah operates out of but they're they were they have been like almost the entire time been attacking Israel from Lebanon and Israel has decided to strike back to which I say good good fucking riddance to Hezbollah they can eat shit with Hamas I don't give a fuck people like that have no place in our society right speaking of Hamas Hezbollah having no place in society here's a fun little bit from earlier today their Operation Prosperity Guardian has commenced. Uh, it's a multinational task force formed to protect commercial vessels in the Red Sea. I know that I have been mentioning in the last couple releases talking about uh, the Houthis in Yemen attacking commercial ships just for existing near Israel. Like, that's pretty fucking stupid. The Houthis can join Hezbollah and Hamas in fucking right off. Uh, right. So, um, the task force, it's multinational, like I said. It's going to be the U.S., U.K., Canada, France, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Seychelles, and Spain. Um, something that I thought was... A good question for Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin of the U.S. who announced it. Um, I don't think this question was answered, but the it was if uh, the, if those other nations are expected to do the things that we have been doing, which is to say, shooting down uh, Houthi drones or intercepting their missiles, if ships are actively under attack are they going to actually go help them uh or are they gonna wait till they're fucking done shooting at them and then go help the ship that was in distress i don't know uh i would hope i can i don't know uh i don't know i don't know what the what these other nations what their navies are are like i know that they're pretty good like these are really well off well to do nations but it's just a matter of if they're willing to if they're authorized by their own like their own leadership is paramount to whatever mr austin has to say so even if he's like tells them go fucking shoot back and they could say yeah sorry justin trudeau said no sorry rishi sunak said no i can't do that so, who knows? Like, if they're just going to be there in a defensive capacity. That is to... Oh, and a deterrence kind of thing. 
where, yeah, the big boys are here, so you better not do anything, Houthi boys. Uh, but who knows? I like that's kind of the point of groups like the Houthis and the Hezbollah and Hamas is they don't give a shit. So we'll see. But it's um it's something, you know. It's better. I think this is great. This is a lot better than the U.S. having to shoulder the responsibility for everything, which we often have to do. Um, understandably, since we have better equipment and stuff and more of it, but nonetheless, it's good to see other countries stepping up and being a part of it. Um, there, it's wild. The amount of... <laughs> the amount of global commerce that's in that is being rerouted from that area to avoid this being a potential negative consequence of being in the area um, they're being sh rerouted around Africa but of all of the ships and the companies that are rerouting their ships they account for about half just about half of the entire world's container shipments so <laughs> that's pretty fucking wild uh, a lot of stuff is going to be delayed as the ships cannot get to the Suez Canal so you know not sure how long the delays are going to be but if you're um, if you're in the market I've heard that oil has dipped because of the oil the oil container ships being rerouted so if that's your thing um, the any of the shipping companies that are publicly traded are bouncing back after the reroute announcements. Just like, hey, you're not going to lose your stuff, pretty much. Uh, uh, some other unfortunate news. This is there's a it's like a continuation. There was a I don't recall if I talked about this one but there was a situation in the West Bank where several uh, it's like a dozen Palestinian people were killed um, at a mosque uh, or it's a uh, man it, it, they're, they're saying that it's that it was like a terrorist cell but I don't know I don't I don't think so I really don't. Um, it was not a mosque, excuse me. It was a refugee camp. I'm reading a little bit of it right now. But yeah, it was a refugee camp. And then they went to a mosque and read out uh, Jewish prayers in the mosque. I don't... Um, but on... Yesterday, Sunday, the Dece December 17th, uh, at least five, five, yes, five Palestinians were killed. Again, saying that it's a, it's a looking for fucking terrorists in the West Bank. Like, buddy, no. The attack came from Gaza, number one. Uh, number two, no. <laughs> It's, what the fuck, man? This is exactly what I was talking about. Exactly what I was talking about. You're just creating the terrorists of tomorrow. This is exactly what you're trying to... You should be trying to avoid for exactly that reason. God damn it. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like Israel has much regard. Like... It's pretty obvious that they don't care. There was a situation. Uh, there was a school building where a family and a you know a lot of people taking refuge there. The some Israeli troops burst into it, into the building, into the room, into the space, and they just started killing people, just shooting at everything, everyone. It's it's hard to read um, at least nine people were killed at the time some of which were children 
Um, it feels uh, there's a joke that we have that I have with uh, among some buddies that it's look, something somebody says says something really distressing. It doesn't necessarily have to be true for the purposes of the setup, but he, they, he the reply is like looking into this, which it's a reference to pretty much any time somebody tells Elon Musk about some crazy shit happening on Twitter that shouldn't be happening. All, that's all he says is looking into it. I'm looking into this, working on it. And that this school shooting where a man, his children and grandchildren were all murdered in front of him. And when he tried to leave the room, the soldiers told him to stay, that you cannot leave. And when it was brought up to the Israeli military, that's all they said was, we're working on it. Like, what the... Dude, how, what are you working on? This isn't... This isn't something that you fucking work on right now. This is something that is trained... Like, it, they're taught to behave this way. I mean, the soldiers were taught to behave this way. They're not either that or they're fucking psychopaths. Either way, it's not good. So, I'm not sure what you're working on exactly. The count... Um, casualty count is around 20,000 now. Most of that has been from the... Um, from the from the bombing that I discussed, I think it was last week, where it, dumb bombs were smart bombs, you know. Yeah, so a lot of it is from that. So wonderful, isn't that great? All of this comes in the face. Uh, wow, that's a, that's a weird phrase. Um, it flies in the face of all of this wanton destruction and killing and maiming, hurting, wounding, destroying people and the ho all the hospitals are fucked. The whatever the little bit of hospital that they did have anyway is completely fucked. The one I think I think they have one running hospital and it's the description that I have of it here that I'm looking at is just it's, it's just one word and it's bloodbath. It's a fucking bloodbath. People are coming in in droves. Um, droves. And very few people to, that can help. Uh, very few supplies with which to help. And all of these horrible injuries that have to be treated like there's no there's no pain relief there's no medication to, to dull the pain for them and so they're just sitting there in agony the other hospital I if I'm sure if you're keeping up with this you might you recall that uh, <laughs> the the Israelis claimed that the that Hamas was operating in and underneath it, and when they went in to look, they took pictures of Arabic lettering on the wall and said, "Look, it's a fucking terrorist schedule." And then uh, somebody was pointed out, like, "Those are just the days of the week. What the fuck are you talking about?" So that hospital, it was, it's being occupied right now by Israeli forces. The bottom floor was completely destroyed with a bulldozer. So that's fun. That's one hospital down. I think that's the point. Last thing before we get out of here, and I'm, I'm sure that you all heard this one because it was big, big news. Um, the three Israeli hostages that 
they were um, trying to get back to Israel and they had a, a white cloth like a flag they had signs po like painted on cloth that they and they used I think it was food or like makeup or something I don't know some shit that they found and like it said help like we're please help us we're hostages and it was written in Hebrew so that's kind of weird that three of them they were killed all three of them by the uh Israeli soldiers um, a in a statement from General Staff Major General Hertzi Halevi he said uh, quote what if it is two Gazans with a white flag coming out to surrender do we shoot them absolutely not even those who are fighting us if they lay down their arms and raise their hands we arrest them we don't shoot them end quote I, uh, does not seem to be the case. It does not seem to be the case. Um, I, fuck, 20,000 people dead. Fuck. I don't, I don't want to keep going. Like, this is really difficult. All right, uh, as we get out of here, let's do the wrap-up. Um, other shows on Lux Media, if you go to lvxmedia.net, that's where you can find everything. Uh, show, we have sports shows, fucking new age, mystical stuff, whatever, most anything you fancy, we can, we do have, or will have something to entertain you um internet so doing the internet stuff so on that website you can go to the progressive patriots page so it's uh, lvxmedia.net hit the progressive patriots button or go to progressivepatriots.us if you prefer and uh there, there will be two contact options. It's a phone number that you can call or text anonymously. If you call it, you're just leaving a voicemail. I'm not, no one's picking up. Uh, if you want to email, you can do that. I would love to hear if I said something, you know, by mistaken on what I said, I have no problem correcting myself, correcting the record. I do not want to give false information intentionally or otherwise. Uh, social media, you can find all of it on LVX Media Net. The, that's the name. If you can't find me, I'm not on it. Um, let's see. If you want to get involved with something like... With a group that helps to push change for the better with situations like these and in the US as well it's a uh, the place it's called Common Defense that's the name of the group you can check it out go to lvx.at slash cdef lvx.at slash cdef it's Common Defense uh, if you get signed up there whoever it is you get in touch with let them know I sent you um, alright so I did not I did mention, we did talk about Palestine. So, one, there is, I, I looked into a, an organization, a charitable organization, that they're really great. Uh, they were vetted by, a, like, another podcast group that is far more well-equipped than I am. But I looked into it as well, and it's solid. It's based out of the UK. Uh, it's... Uh, MAP, it's Medical Aid for Palestinians, and that's lvx.at slash map. That's how you can get there. If you, if you can give something, please do. Like I described to you, like the, the, these people are in desperate need. Um, I have other ones. Uh, we didn't, we did talk a little bit about Ukraine, uh, 
lvx.at slash Ukraine. That group that I linked, that is linked to that, they will, they're, they're non-government and they help non-combatants. They, they just want to help people who have nothing to do with this bullshit. And that's, that's it. I described last week the horrors, absolute horrors going on in Sudan. Um, it's rough. I don't, if you can handle that, definitely go check it out. What I described, what's going on. It's pretty rough. Um, if you can, if you want to help there, it's lvx.at slash Sudan. Easy. Um, there is a very similar crisis going on in the Congo, lvx.at slash Congo. Yeah, you just kind of see what I'm doing there. And we also talked about the earthquake that was in, what was it, like northeast Afghanistan? And it displaced like hundreds of thousands of people. And they're, yeah, and now they're freezing out in the desert because they don't have anywhere to go. Um, Yeah, getting aid there is difficult, but I was able to find a group that's pretty good. Um, From as as much as I've been able to look into them I that I've gathered they're not working through the Taliban who skims like fucking 80% off the top of everything or whatever but yeah so this one is lvx.at slash afghan a-f-g-h-a-n so there you go those are all the fucking shits listed all the aid the charitable groups that I've looked into that are good doing good work um I don't think we have anything else all of the shit that you hear from whoever you hear from it it should be troubling you it should be difficult and if if it gets to the point where it's not that's that's a problem if, the, if hearing these things doesn't bother you, doesn't matter where it is, doesn't matter what they look like, doesn't matter what fucking book they read when they before they pray or whatever, that, that fucking doesn't matter. Be kind to people. Be kind to each other. Be kind to yourself. This is all we got, so let's uh, try to make it a little less shitty for the people who are dealt a bad hand. Yeah, the if you want to contact me, I, I already said like you can go to the page, but the number I just <laughs> muscle memory I guess eight three three five eight nine seven six three seven eight three three Lux Pods. All right, well we will catch you tomorrow for the domestic.